0: How we doing, everybody? Back on the Unpopular Opinions Podcast, uh, Episode 5 here. Now, we took a couple weeks off, and we wanted to kind of do some research and look at stuff. You know, some different things. Uh, We have a couple articles. I Personally, what I wanted to do, and we have two articles here. I wanted to take my own advice from, I think, the last podcast where I said, look at both sides of the coin during an argument. So people, you're going to know me as somewhat conservative, kind of, uh, I agree with Aaron Rodgers and the body body autonomy, kind of anti-vaxxer and all that. But I wanted to look at the other side. Um, this week. I wanted to, and one of the articles, which we'll come to later, is more about the economy and stuff. But I looked at the exact opposite of opinion of what I have. So I typed that into Google and some cool articles came up. So we'll delve into that one later. But uh, we have, what do we have, an article over here, Brandon?
1: Um, yeah, this one is... Feeling and knowing explores evolution of consciousness. All right.
0: Um, Brandon actually, he has a brain bigger than a pebble, apparently. He f- he found this article, so it's his article. I read it. I read the Cliff Notes version. It's one word, uh, conscious, okay? But no, I checked the article out, and it, it's very interesting. And... Uh, I want to ask Brandon, what what struck you about this article?
1: Um, basically, what it's about is saying that a lot of your consciousness and, you know, having thoughts and things manifest comes from more than just your brain. It stems from literally every single part of your body somewhere is responsible for this. And basically, it says how the your central nervous system is in control of all of these different functions everywhere in your body because consciousness is too complex of an of a whatever a thing to be controlled by one system
0: true well yeah i mean so the body is very connected and you might think you know oh yeah my brain my brain is telling me to do this my brain is telling me to do that and then people probably think your brain is separate from your body but i guess Kind of what it's saying is everything is very interconnected. And I checked this article out, and basically it's saying how your overall well being, you know, is not just stemming from your mentality, like, oh, my mind is in a good place today. So your mind can get in a good place from your body feeling good. So pretty much if You know, if you work out, not saying you have to work out all the time to feel good, but if if you eat healthy, if you do healthy things, read, go for a walk, exercise, eat healthy food, whatever, drink kombucha, you know, (laughs) that is going to make your brain feel better, and it will contribute to your overall positive consciousness or overall well-being. So it's not just how your brain thinks about something, your body, if your body is in a good place, it will naturally put your mind in a good place, you know? And then maybe also if you're thinking about, you know, if tragedy were to strike, maybe not tragedy, a tough situation, if your body, if you're healthy and your body feels good, your brain's not going to overreact as much to a hardship. So pretty much you know, you need your body functioning properly to be in a positive mind state, right? Mm-hmm. I mean...
1: I- yeah, no, going along with what you just said, uh, he says that feelings are represented are representations of the state of your body. Uh, to have a feeling of pain, pleasure, well-being, sickness, thirst, hunger, or desire to generate a picture of some parts. Basically, it's saying, like you just said, if you have one area that you're lacking in, that can affect you down the road.
0: True. And I mean, that's why you think about depression. Depression could stem from, you know, let's say something wrong with you. Like, you know, if uh, you're overweight, you know, you have some kind of flaw that, you know, affects you and makes you sad. It could be that, but there could be more to it. There could be an underlying issue going on inside your body that you don't know about, that is contributing to your depression, you know, and that's why to nourish your body properly, you know, drinking wheatgrass or whatever, you know, which I've done before, wheatgrass is actually pretty good, I got to get my hands on that, Uh, that will help, that can prevent anxiety and depression, you know, and even anger, you think of these emotions that come from nowhere, how often... Are you in a bad mood or angry or sad and you don't really know why? You might have an idea, but you don't really know why. It could just be, you know, a nutrient deficiency in your body. You could not have enough vitamin D. You know, vitamin D, a lot of people are low in vitamin D and they don't know it. So getting a handle on your own health uh, will should contribute to a positive mindset. And can, you know, ideally get rid of or mitigate, uh, big words, all right, lessen. (laughs) Can lessen anxiety, depression, anger, sadness, you know, all of that stuff. So, I mean, that's kind of the gist of it. But it it does make sense. We had, there was another article that we went over a few podcasts ago. Two or three. That talked about how you can't really control what you do so kind of your consciousness you're sort of on autopilot throughout the day and you're gonna do what you're gonna do for the most part Uh, so basically if you can change your behavior and get a little healthier that can that is a way maybe to override that subconscious where If you have a bad habit of drinking a six-pack every day after work, if you're doing the same thing every day, you're gonna drink that six pack no matter what. But if you start going to the gym, your New Year's resolution, you're going to the gym a few days, you're changing your behavior a little bit, and then you you know it's five o'clock at night and you're ready to drink that beer, and you're like, No, you know what? Actually, I feel better. I've been going to the gym. I don't really need the six-pack. So maybe that's a way to override that subconscious, I think, is to change your behavior. So that article is related to this one, where you know small behavioral changes, I think, can definitely contribute to better, a better subconscious or just a better mindset in general.
1: 100%.
0: So baby steps can contribute to big changes. You know, it'll take time, but you have to take that step.
1: What's your opinion on consciousness, um, exclusive to exclusively to humans?
0: That you know what? That's another really cool thing. Well, they, I think, they. Oh yeah, all right. They talk about the octopus there. Mm -hmm. Now, the octopus is kind of clearly if an octopus ever went out with an attractive female, they'd have 700 arms to grab literally everything at once. And that's why it would be cool to be an octopus. But but uh, luckily, I've never been called an octopus by anybody. But I feel like, well, smart animals, I think, have to have some consciousness. You know, from, call it the dog, the dolphin, chimpanzee. I I think there is some in there. Uh, Clearly, I think they act more on instinct Mm. than humans do. But you think about how a dolphin, a dog, like, they they can sense danger. Mm. Or they can sense if their owner is, like, sick or you know, in danger of some kind, they kind of react to it. So maybe uh, there has to be a little bit more going on in a dog, you know, than an amoeba, Uh, maybe not quite to a human, but, uh, you know, based on how they kind of act human, and they kind of like, have some human characteristics, when you look at them, a dog smiling, uh, I'd say there might be a little bit, and what do you think?
1: No, I agree. And I think to study that human, you have to Think less of the human conscious because the human conscious will probably be different than like how an octopus would think if it was con- conscious. Because we we automatically go by like conscious. Hey, I see you. I'm gonna have a conversation with you. Shake your hand. Ask about the past. Where an octopus is like, I'm, I need to hide myself in a jar. And you see the video of it. Close the jar. And yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and the other thing with humans, think about we have. Think about society in general, the news, other people, you know, if you go to school or if you go to work, we have a constant stream of opinions coming at us, telling us what to do, telling us what's going on in the world. So we're going to be more affected than an animal, a dog or an octopus. They don't have, you know, fucking octopus news that they watch, you know, in the ocean. We have CNN and other stupid channels. No, is not stupid. I love CNN. Love it. Watch it 24-7. It's where I got all my great opinions from. Yeah. Uh, so we're we're constantly having info forced down our throat all the time, whereas animals are kind of, they have their owners, you know, and then they have, like a dog, for example, they have their owners telling them what to do, maybe training them a little bit. Uh, one form of, like, stimulus. Also, they can go outside, sniff around, interact with other dogs and other people. But humans have this constant stream of info and opinions and people telling us what to do. So it is hard to compare. But, I mean, there has to be some consciousness with a dog. Uh, you know, if a dog can feel... You know, your pain and will come up and snuggle with you if you're not feeling good. And you know, I know cats do that too. There has to be something going on, but it is very different because this world is tailored to a human being. Human beings are everything on earth, whether it's right or wrong. We're running the show for good or bad. So it is hard to compare, but I think animals definitely can be brought up in the consciousness opinion, Uh, especially now how dogs have evolved. Like, Mm. dogs are becoming more and more people-like people every day. You see them, they, you know, they... (laughs) My sister's dog, who I just babysat, she's got her hands going like this, like a cat coming up, like, almost high-fiving me, trying to mimic people. Mm. So, you know, watch out. Maybe dogs will... Run the world, I mean, Planet of the Apes, that happened in a movie. That could happen in real life, you know? Don't sell them short. All right, Uh, so as I said earlier, I'm looking at the other side of the coin. It's like, I'm not just gonna type in things that I agree with, I already agree with them. I don't need to read more about why I shouldn't get the COVID shot. That's my opinion. I don't need to read more about it so today we're not talking about covid shots all right we've already talked about that stuff we can delve into that later but this article like not way down the road we're not delving into that today this article i typed in so i'm a little bit i'm conservative i call myself a conservative i typed into to google the other day why socialism works Or why socialism is great. And so this article is just that. And it's called... The article is titled, The Data Show That Socialism Works. Now, what they did, they took 30 countries and compared them all together. And, you know, the baseline for it was uh, democratic socialism. So basically... They got a score for how socialist a country is. So you have on one end of the spectrum, you have Mexico, Mexico and Turkey, and then the United States, also very capitalistic. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have the Nordic countries. You have Sweden, Norway. Norway is the most socialist country on the planet, according to this guy. I'm taking his word for it and i think he's pretty spot on with his numbers so norway finland iceland denmark you know then you have france and you know germany and stuff but so he compared so he starts with that how socialistic they are and then he compares things like you know median household income he talks about overall health of a country overall satisfaction with their life, um, how much sick time and vacation time, they leisure time they get. Uh, So basically, overall, it shows that the Nordic countries, those socialistic countries, are killing us in basically every category. Now, you would think that America, because we're capitalistic, That you know the medium household income would be way higher than those socialistic countries and it's not the case So wealth wise we'll call it wealth in general The America is very similar to Finland, Norway Sweden as far as how much wealth they're creating so you wouldn't think that but it's true and then Now, the other categories, like how much leisure time, how much happiness people have, how much satisfaction overall, we get killed by those countries. So they're equaling us in how much money they're making and wealth they're generating. Even innovation is very comparable to America. But the other categories, kind of the non-financial categories, we're getting killed by them. So it it really opened my eyes, and I knew that my mom is from Sweden. You know, they have public health care, education. You don't pay a dime to go to college. You don't pay a dime for health care out there. And they're doing pretty well overall. And there's really a very small gap between the rich and the poor. It's sort of everyone is sort of, you could say, upper middle class there. So I learned a lot from this article. And the main thing I learned from this article is that Mexico and Turkey really suck balls. <laughs> they, I, I'm sorry, I really am. They, you wonder why Mexicans are flooding into America because they're not, they're not making any money and they have no happiness uh, I think the drug cartels are killing them there. I'm not sure what's going on in Turkey, but they're not happy places at all. Uh, outside of learning why Mexicans are coming to America, and I don't want to say I welcome you with open arms, but I'm going to love you no matter what. If you come into my, If you're good to me, I'm going to love you. I don't care if you illegally cross the border. I'm not encouraging it but you're my brother, you're next to me, you're working, you're earning a living, even if you're shipping that money back to Mexico, now I get it. And I knew, I think everyone kind of knew that Mexico wasn't a great place, but this article really is showing me that in a major way. So, all right, what's the gist of the article that, Socialism is better, and he's saying, I think he's hinting at the point that America should be socialistic. Um, What's the problem with that? I'm going to let Brandon chime in because we need him to talk more. Everyone's telling me Brandon has to talk more, and people are getting sick of me. I don't blame you. Uh, What was I saying? So... Socialism is better, and America should be socialistic, but what's the problem with that? In my eyes, the problem with that, we have a much bigger population. We have 300-plus million people in America. You add all the Nordic countries together, you're going to probably get 30 to 40, maybe 50 million people tops for all five, four, five, six of those countries put together, and... Would socialism work on a giant scale in America? I think too many people have different opinions in America. I think there they're smaller. People are like, yeah, you know, I just I want to make my money and, uh, you know, have a healthy family and take some time to drink some vodka, you know, and all that. They're happy, maybe a little bit happier with less. In America, we're fed the fact that you got to make tons of money. And, you know, you got to have this big car and big house and that'll make you happy. And we're proving that it's not making people happier. You know, it's not at all. But maybe we just, we have different opinions on how we should live our lives. I mean, what do you think, Brandon? Uh, Would socialism work here?
1: I I don't think, I think it's, like you said, it's too big, too big of a country. And there's just, there's too big of a gap between the wealthy and the poor. It's You can't fill that gap anymore with Elon Musk making billions and billions of dollars. Good point. And, and I think also, even if you could, Elon can't fight that greed of, like, Big Pharma. Just one person with that money. It's going to take... Because think about it, If there's four people in Big Pharma, all four of them probably have billions of dollars, just like Elon Musk. So his... Whatever. If you want to fight Big Pharma with his money, it would take four Elon Musk's to even make a dent type thing in any sort of greed and i just we, it's been the same forever i don't yeah like we're stuck in our ways
0: no and i think people have brought up the fact what if you tax the billionaires huge like make them pay 80 uh, call it 40 uh, call it 50% of of all their money or or what they make in a year tax bill gates warren buffett elon musk jeff bezos tax them 50% on their money. And then we'd be fine. You know, we'd be able to pay for healthcare and education. But I, I don't think even though they have that much money, I don't think even taxing them that much, these billionaires would be able to pay for all 300 million people in America's healthcare and education. It seems like it would, but I, I I don't think they have enough money to do that. So you can always say tax the the rich, but just taxing the rich I don't think will make make all that money up and it wouldn't provide everything for everyone if you took Elon Musk's money. You know, it it could make a little dent, but I I don't I don't think that's a solution. I think we need some kind of hybrid solution in America or <laughs> what I mentioned to Brandon earlier, it might make more sense to break the country up. We might be too big, too many people, but also too many differing opinions. Some people think they should be handed everything for free, and then other people think that they should make all their money and keep all of their money and provide for themselves. Other people want the government to do that. You could literally break up the country into, like, Four territories, four, I mean, four separate countries, maybe more. All of New England could be a country, freaking New York, and like some of those, you know, Pennsylvania, New York, uh, Delaware, all that stuff could be another country. Down south could be a country. California should be its own country. California should be wiped off the face of the planet. No, they shouldn't be. My dad lives there. I'll, take, I'll ship my dad back to America, and then we'll just, we'll just erase them from the map. Just pretend they're not there. Even though California's beautiful, best weather in the world, they have no idea what they're doing financially, morally. Everything is so messed up there, it's sickening. They're, like, too big for their own good. But it is, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful country. I mean, a uh, uh, state. I probably called it a country. It, is, it should be a country. But all of this stuff could potentially be broken up. What do you think, Brandon? I, this has been brought up before.
1: I've heard people say it. No, I mean, I heard that with Texas. Like, people say Texas is basically already its own country. Because, I mean, you go there, it's completely different than the rest of the world. People feel different. Their freedoms are different. It feels like yeah, less control.
0: It would make sense. And put it this way. Think about the strain on the federal government right now. Massive strain with entitlements. You know, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, all of that stuff is getting drained very quickly. And by the time me and Brandon are retired, there might be nothing left in the tank for us. So if the country was broken up, it would take time, but there'd be way less strain with things like social security and medicare you you'd have to take care of less people you know it it might make sense i don't know if it would ever happen it it might come it might be like a civil war situation again with bloodshed and everything but it's not a bad idea and i think i don't know if any of the the political elite or the the big shots out there would want that I mean, maybe they because, well, put it this way, they'd have less control over the people if things were broken up. They can kind of control more people having that big federal government, you know, governing 300 plus million people. But it really does make sense. And I think a lot of you out there would agree with me on that. And especially if you have more, different moral views or, you know, views about how much money you should get taxed. So not a bad idea. Um, yeah,
1: I feel like for the most part, you you agree with the state, right? I, I got. I mean, some states are, eh, but I mean, yeah. people would feel more comfortable hearing their governor know what feel like they know like their governor knows what's best for their their state rather than a president who's been there twice to campaign and that's it. Good name. point.
0: Yeah, I, I'm much more apt to listen to my governor, even though put the mask mandate back, kind of stupid moron, uh, whatever, I, I'm fine with it. it. Hopefully that'll go away. But yeah, I mean, he is in touch with the people of Rhode Island a, a lot more than Joe Biden is. Nothing against Biden, but how can he relate to me? He does. He's probably been to Rhode Island once or twice. So it makes a lot of sense to to you know what, let let the local people decide what's best. Let the local leaders talk to the people. They have a better pulse of what's going on. So breaking the country up, would it would mean less power for the people in charge. They'd have less to worry about. And I think the people could relate to them better. and And the people would be more apt to get on board with their ideas than just a guy like Biden telling us, what we have to do you know I I like the idea so a very interesting article proving that socialism has worked very well for these smaller countries but the problem you're comparing apples to oranges you know or apples to slim gems. I mean it's there's not a lot of similarities between America and Sweden as far as size and you know, how they feel that money should be spent, what they should have. <clears throat> Very good article, though, and I think he did a good job with it, and he puts a good case out for change in America, which we need some type of change. Going to straight socialism I don't think would work, but we could we could use a change.
1: I agree. I agree. Thank you, Nick Warino.
0: Good job, Nick. Good article. I, this is about a three... Three-ish year old article, so it's been around, but it opened my eyes. I appreciate it. I, like it. I guess what I'll close with today is Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers, much like me, uh, a skeptic of how the government feels about COVID and vaccination, he's unvaxed, and he he thinks that you know it's all propaganda. You know, if you question science, you know, it, well, they say that if you question science, there's something wrong with you. But if you can't question science, if they don't allow you to question science, then it's propaganda. And he might be right. So Rogers didn't get the vaccine. He got all kinds of grief for it. He, he caught COVID and then he did he did like the Joe Rogan treatment, ivermectin and stuff, and he got healthy again uh but he's going to well he's going to win the mvp his team has done the best he's had the best year you know even i wouldn't say he's better than tom brady overall cuz brady is a little better in the clutch but this year he beat tom brady hands down but a lot of people are saying don't give him the don't give him the uh mvp trophy he doesn't agree with with the narrative for COVID, he didn't get vaxxed. He shouldn't be allowed to win the MVP. And you know, some of the smart commentators are saying, "Listen, don't attach his opinion of COVID and vaccination to his performance on the football field. They're they're not related. You're voting on his performance of the football field on the football field, not his opinion of COVID and vaccines." So I say maybe. He played so well because he didn't get the vaccine. So, like, maybe it helped him. You know, God bless him. And anyone who did get the vaccine and played well, good for them, too. It doesn't bother me. But maybe that helped Aaron Rodgers. And I don't think they should vote on him based on his opinions of what's going on. Leave the guy alone. So I had to, I had to put that out there. I... I love Aaron Rodgers now because I think there are many guys in the league, maybe even Brady, who doesn't agree with what's going on. But Rodgers had the balls to stand up and state his opinion and and risk getting freaking hated by so many people, which he is now. But he gained my love. Props to you, A-Rod. You're the man. Keep going, man. I, I didn't love you before this. I thought you were a great player. Now I think you're a great guy because you have a lot of balls and you're standing up for what you believe in. Good for you. I hope you win that MVP. And even if you don't get the trophy, you still won it. You know you did. Um, so thank you all for watching today. I hope we didn't bore you too much. Uh, we had some really good articles that we went over. Great things to think about. I like the fact that we talk about issues that can affect the future you know so hopefully it gets you all thinking about what we should do and maybe some of you can take part in public policy and maybe we can make america better so thank you all for watching the unpopular opinions podcast today we're on facebook we're on youtube
1: spotify
0: and the anchor app spotify and the anchor app Thank you very much for watching. We love you.
1: Have a good one, my
0: friends.